This is Post Credit Brews. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And tonight we have a special episode. We are going to be reviewing WandaVision, which uh, premiered earlier this year and just finished off. I feel like as long as we've had this podcast, we haven't yet had like a full like Marvel episode. And obviously we can kind of all, all talk about how much we like the movies, like the, this show, um, are excited for the upcoming shows coming up. So we're excited to talk about it. Right. And I, I think we did do one, if you want to consider the, the Holy Trilogy as a full Marvel episode. But you're right. Nothing That's like true. that just came out and reviewing for the first time. Like yeah. Just fresh in our minds like this one is. Mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking like MCU specific. Just right. Because, it's, okay. you know, I mean, if, if you figure like since we started this podcast, Dave, like no new Marvel content has come out until this. Right. You know. We always find next... a way to talk about Marvel in every episode too. Yeah. Like we're just we're huge fans of it, obviously. Yeah. So it's yeah. nice to finally have a full episode, like you said, Matt, that something brand new like we're gonna mm-hmm. be talking about tonight. Yeah. And obviously, I mean I you know, to kind of reserve some of our uh, our opinions for later in the episode, but I mean I, I think Marvel kind of came out of the gate swinging with this one. Yeah, um, it it definitely set the gold standard with it. Yeah, and obviously we, we got Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, coming up pretty soon and, and Loki later this year. And I think we're getting Hawkeye this year too. So, I'm, you know, I mean, these shows are – they're on their way. I feel like we're getting more shows than we're getting movies coming up. Right. And um, I, I was going to say, I think that explains why um, we're not getting any more Star like, – I think we're going to get the, the Boba Fett series before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're they're pushing some of the Star Wars series so quickly because I think – I think you're right. I think um, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier we're just about to get, and we're going to get Loki, then What If, Hawkeye, and I think we're even going to get Miss Marvel before the end of okay. this year. Yeah, yeah, those are two so. ones I forgot. Okay. And I think yeah. the difference between the, a series and a movie is one, I think the budget's probably a lot cheaper. You could probably do a lot more with the show mm-hmm. in terms of getting a full story without leaving any plot holes and anything in it. As opposed to a movie where it's two and a half hours, you could do like like this was like ten episodes, so like yeah, ten yeah. hours of worth of content. You're saying you can like flesh it out more. Is yeah, that, is that what you're saying, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have more time to to do that with. Yeah. And what's great about Marvel is that everything they do connects to the movies mm-hmm. and any other other products, so it gives you a reason to watch it. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I. You know, I, I think there's some big points that I want to bring up later in the episode. You know, I, I think the biggest one that I want to think of is, you know, obviously we got WandaVision when we did, but I know I think Doctor Strange 2 is supposed to come out a lot closer to this ending. And I, I think that's probably the most connected to Doctor Strange 2, WandaVision. And I, you know, you figure, I think we're supposed to get it this May. And obviously with the coronavirus, that kind of impacted that movie. We're not getting it until next year. But it kind of gives you like an example of how all of these things are going to connect, even with some of like the cliffhangers we're going to talk about later. Obviously, they're setting these shows up to kind of coincide with these movies. Mm -hmm. And that's where DC has its biggest downfall, because I like some of their shows. Mm -hmm. I think they do a lot better with their shows than they do their movies. Mm -hmm. But it'd be nice to see them be able to connect. Didn't I mean, I don't think we're spoiling this for everyone, but like didn't like Ezra Miller show up on the, the Flash show? I think I saw something about that. He, he did. He was on like a cameo for an episode. It was like okay. very like 
30 seconds. Okay. Because the whole Flash, he had, like, the speed force, so you can, like, travel through time in different worlds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, the original Flash that from the, the old show mm-hmm. is on it. He, he plays uh, his father in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, kn- I knew you always liked those shows. I never got into those, like, DC shows. I tried mm-hmm. to get into Arrow, and then I just didn't continue with it. But That was my favorite oh, one. I liked Arrow a yeah. lot. Okay. Yeah, I know you spoke really highly of them, which was cool. And I even like Gotham, too. I actually, like, forced myself to watch that. Yeah. Well, you, you know I, I, I wanted to get into Gotham, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Arrow, I, I think I probably tried watching five different times, and yeah. I mean, the first three episodes I've probably seen like four or five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still couldn't get over the. There was a Gotham episode where it was, I think, it was titled like "The Spirit of the Goat." What? Maybe they're like fourth or fifth episode, and I just once I saw that, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that, and I thought the guy that played the Penguin was a little too over the top. But oh uh, yeah, that was just kind of my <laughs> my whole thing. But yeah, I mean, people love those shows. People really seem to like this. I mean, I don't think I've seen a show get memed as much since like Game of Thrones as, as WandaVision, to be honest. Maybe Mandalorian, but there were a lot of memes for this show that came out. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. And then obviously, you know, we do have a beer tonight. Yeah. So on tap tonight, we're going to Tannery Run Brewing Company and we're drinking the Singularity series. And it is. Greater Crate Dragon. Yeah. Double and a half IPA. Holy chips. I don't think we've ever had a double and a half IPA here. Ooh, double and a half. Jesus Christ. We've had double IPAs. (laughs) Not the double and a half, but... 9.7 may be the highest for this podcast. I think the warmer Uh, ale might might have been the winter. I think that was like 10. That might have been. I, I feel like we did one of the Victory Monkeys, too. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of no. We, track we did. Did we do Mad Elf? We we did one of those. Oh, we did Mad Elf. Yeah, but that that was like eight. That's like eight something. I think. I don't oh, really? Think. No, okay. no, Mad Elf's like eleven, right? I think Mad Elf's eleven. It's a little high. Yeah. yeah. It one of those. This is definitely on the higher side of beers mm-hmm. we've done, but you know, Tannery Run, obviously local in Ambler. Good atmosphere. We'll kind of get into the brewery a little later, but and um, the power of social media. We uh we put a post out on Instagram asking mm-hmm. for beer recommendations, and they replied to us with this one. So. Yeah. Here's to you guys a tannery run. You wanted it, you try. got it. Yeah. All right. And thank so you for the recommendation. Said, yeah. Want to do the uh, the beer crack then? That's right. This is a can, so mm-hmm. not to worry. We're gonna do the post credit traditional yeah. beer crack. <laughs> yeah, baby. All right, guys. So, cheers. Cheers. Drink up while it's cold, ladies. I think we all need one of those, Dave. Jesus. <laughs> You know, this is not this is not my first choice to to do on post St. Patrick's Day, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of you you had, you had a good day yesterday. <laughs> oh my god, I am Yeah. You know, I, I don't throw up too often and I peaked my brains out this morning. So uh, that's why I, that's why I sound a little beat up today. <laughs> no, you're good, man. It it, it happens. Did you ever Ooh, drink yeah. a, did you ever drink a green beer? I have it, it's just like food dye in a beer. That's disgusting. Is it good? I mean, well, I guess you don't really taste a difference, but no, especially when you're so far in with everything else you're drinking that it's just like, oh, it looks cool. Let me just try that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it, it painted the toilet bowl this morning. Oh, it, nice canvas. Ew, no, David. See, that's what happens when I like if I drink too much. I just, I it, it's the other mm-hmm. thing, you know. It's not really puking. You know what but... got me yesterday? I was the Irish car bombs. 
that I okay. had. Okay, you did a few of those. Yeah, but it was nice seeing because it looks like things are starting to open up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think at the time this is getting released, I think around Easter is when they're going to start allowing mm-hmm. people to sit at bars again and stuff like that. Yeah. But there's places that just don't really care anymore. They're just, yeah. they'd rather take the risk of opening and mm-hmm. I think the fine's better than losing the profits, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess it's not really being like super enforced. Like, I don't right. imagine like cops are coming mm-hmm. in there with their, you exactly. know, clubs. Everyone keep wearing a mask. There. Everyone keep doing your distance. With, mm-hmm. Even though it's three feet now, which I don't really get. I don't know how that, no, that changes. That. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. It's, yeah. we're, we're, we're three masks, but you can be closer together. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard to, to read what the media is telling you nowadays. Yeah. But yeah. everyone just do your part. We're almost through this. Mm-hmm. Vaccines are out. There. So hopefully. Some normalcy. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to start going back to the movies once I get the vaccine. I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be excited. I was just saying, I mean, we're inching. I mean, this is a Marvel episode, so let's talk about it. We're inching closer to Black Widow coming out. Um, I actually think, like, honestly, I think it's going to get released. I don't think they're going to push back. I don't know what you guys think, but I think so. I think it's uh, it's just been delayed so long, and yeah, I don't think it's going to tie into a ton of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think if they're going to sacrifice a movie in theaters, it's maybe that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like I'd probably feel fine to go. I, I definitely think I'd feel fine to go and see it by then. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys yeah. have been seeing on social media anywhere, but there's a lot of people kicking back on that Raja and the Dragon. I guess they're trying to get you to pay more mm-hmm. to watch it on Disney Plus instead of waiting the 30 days for it to just release like everything else. Money, please. Yeah. So I yeah. think that experiment's going to really mm-hmm. spearhead what uh they decided to do with releasing movies into theaters, especially for yeah. di- on Disney's end. I, I was I thinking the other day, uh, I could see them doing like a theaters for like a certain amount of time, and then mm-hmm. it's like the you pay for it on Disney Plus. Like yeah. it's exclusively in theaters for like thirty days, and then mm-hmm. you can pay to see. I mean, like like movies are not taking that long to not go to Disney Plus. Like that, yeah, that 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 Raya and the Last Dragon. Like I think they said that's going to be for all Disney Plus subscribers for free by June fourth. So oh, wow. I mean, that's not that far away. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see if this is at all like profitable for for Disney. I think something like that Raya and the Last Dragon. I think it like it would make sense for them to do that families and stuff. And not that like that wouldn't make as much money as Black Widow, but I just think with like a Marvel property, a Star Wars property, I just don't think they would risk just doing that as opposed to just doing it straight to theaters. I don't know. That's just kind of my, my thought on that. But um, they're gonna have to say something soon. Yeah, I mean that that's why I keep saying I, I I definitely think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be out. Like I think they're gonna release it in theaters. Yeah, only time I, will tell with that though. Yeah, I think I saw Venom 2 just got bumped back again. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you, right, let me tell you <laughs> we don't care. I think that's coming out in October this year or something. I think, yeah, I think it, was, I think it had the same release date as like Fast and Furious 9. So oh. I think that's why they moved it. But. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think. So with, with WandaVision, like, I guess there are some other things to talk about. So what do we think of overall thoughts on the series? Like just a quick kind of, real quick kind of recap of like what we thought of it. And, and then we can kind of get into some other subjects here too. Overall, I thought it was very well done. You know, once you start to understand what they're doing, because it kind of opened up with a little confusion, mm-hmm. I will get into it a little bit later, but I know that 
the three of us have said they probably should have released all three episodes at once as opposed to the first two mm-hmm. because they they were releasing them weekly. Yeah. And you were left with more questions than answers at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So once you got over that little hump, you know, I, I, I told you guys in the text group, I don't usually go and rewatch shows again right away after I finish it. Mm-hmm. I watched WandaVision twice. Okay. That's how yeah. much I liked it. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I, I Did you pick up on, on stuff each new rewatch you did or? You know, it was more so just putting it all together. Okay. From what you knew at the end and just trying mm-hmm. to see that perspective from the beginning yeah and i felt like those first two were definitely really contained those first two episodes just in terms of like they were fully committing to that sitcom format and then you know i i I would agree with you dave yeah like once you get to that third episode they really kind of hook you in whereas i think if they just did the first three released together you know it would have made a little more sense but yeah and what do you think john i mean i know you were doing the weekly recap so you did a really you know john did a really good job on our on our blog postcreditbruise.blogspot. Um, but you, you did a really good job, John, just like recapping it each week and sort of giving us your thoughts and where you think it's going to go. What were your kind of overall thoughts, though, of the show? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. I don't think the final product was totally um, what I expected, but I think most people would probably say that, and I don't mean that as a criticism. That's just mm-hmm. not, um, you know, the show took a lot of turns I didn't expect to, but I think... Um, they made sense in the context of, you know, what we ultimately got. But, I mean, I think performances in the show were really strong. And mm-hmm. I think it was definitely a big swing for Marvel. I mean, you hear everyone talk about how much of a risk a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy was or a movie like Doctor Strange. But I think this was definitely like a like a storytelling risk. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at something like Guardians of the Galaxy, that's a team-up movie, which I still argue is is a swing for Marvel. And ultimately, you know, the characters in that movie... Um, and setting it fully in space was mm-hmm. new for them. But this is just like, I mean, again, those first two episodes, they're not the most exciting, but who would have thought that, you know, a cinematic franchise like this would, you know, go for a, a big swing like that. Um, be and and they definitely deliver on the character. Mm-hmm. I think Wanda's someone who was never at the forefront in the movies, and I don't really know that she needed to be, but she was always a, a very cool and interesting character, and this show helped bring that more to light. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel Phase 4, they told us when they announced it that it was going to be magic and mystic heavy with their Mm -hmm. themes. Yeah. Which, if you watch Doctor Strange, you know, some people might think it was confusing and kind of like Inception where you really didn't know what was going on and you really just had to just do more focusing on all the elements of the movie. But, you know, I think this is a nice introduction to those kinds of themes. Yeah, I, I think it, they definitely complement each other well. I think it's a good point bringing up Doctor Strange, Dave. You know, I, I definitely think, yeah, you, you really weren't too sure where this was going, and this is definitely new territory for Marvel. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right, John, with Guardians of the Galaxy. Obviously, that was like a whole new, whole new thing for them, and it worked out well. You know, I, I think my biggest takeaway from WandaVision is I just – after I watched the finale, I was kind of disappointed – but then part of me was like thinking back at like some of the, the expectations that I had for some of the other movies. Um, and I was like, Oh, is like this guy going to show up in the new Iron Man is, you know, it kind of reminded me of like at the end of um, when Iron Man three came out and we were kind of all just sort of off that high from the Avengers. And it was like, is Captain America going to show up? Is Thor going to show up? And like, none of that really happened in Iron Man three, but it was still an enjoyable movie. It was an enjoyable kind of like standalone thing. Right. Um, whereas I think WandaVision kind of connects to a little more things, 
but but again, I mean, it, it was still enjoyable, even though you know I wanted a little more, I wanted a little more payoff with Evan Peters showing up. And, you know, I was really kind of banking on Doctor Strange showing up in the end. He obviously didn't, but you know, I, I think overall it was still enjoyable. I, I think what people, I think this is a good reminder for fans to really kind of like temper their expectations for these upcoming shows, whether it's Falcon and Winter Soldier or Loki, like they're still going to be enjoyable, but like, I don't think you should expect like an end game level, you know, movie. And that's, that's a point I want to touch on too, because I know a big thing when they were marketing these shows was that Kevin Feige, who again, like he's, definitely a creative force but he's also you know a business person too mm-hmm. so a businessman so um he had said you know previously oh like you need to watch these shows to know what's going on in the movies you're going to be mm-hmm. behind uh, if you don't watch them and then i think recently maybe last week or the week before when the finale come out um he had said like someone asked him is there ever going to be something that happens in one of the disney plus shows that will like like an end game level event basically or like a drastic it's going to change the consequences and he said no so mm-hmm. i think that's that's just a good indicator that like i think there are going to be a lot of easter eggs and mm-hmm. maybe in the future they're going to experiment more with having like a big doctor strange level type cameo but um yeah. i think for the most part uh i think the shows are always they're always going to be canon and they're always going to connect to the movies mm-hmm. but they're always kind of going to be a little pulp reined in maybe not mm-hmm. um you know, give away as much. Yeah, it almost feels like the shows are going to serve the movies a lot more than the movies would serve the shows. Right. And I mean, like, so like Wanda's like kids, I think are a good example of like, they're mm-hmm. probably going to be her motivation in Doctor Strange too, mm-hmm. but they're not just going to show up. Like you're, their movie's going to have some way of some kind of exposition mm-hmm. of, you know, telling just a general audience member, um, you know, mm-hmm. that whole scenario. But it's that much richer if you actually saw it happen Mm -hmm. in the show. You're rewarded as a fan. Yeah, and and that's a good point. And I know, I I feel like both of you were a little more into the Marvel shows than I was. I know, at least the ones that were on Netflix. So like, I I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil and I watched the first season of Jessica Jones and the first season of Luke Cage. But after that, I really didn't catch on to everything that came after that. Whether it was like Defenders or Iron Fist, what were your guys thoughts on those shows did you did you like them were they just so and so for you i really liked daredevil that was my favorite one mm-hmm. yeah. but i didn't even give iron fist a chance and i okay, yeah. couldn't finish luke cage i couldn't get through it i'm here to tell you right now we don't care let me tell, right, let me tell you <laughs> we don't care and i didn't even watch the defenders yeah didn't yeah. even watch it they were they were very, very hit or miss um mm-hmm. i will say Dare, daredevil especially the first season and the third season were very well done Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Jones was a well done show too, more so in the first season, but mm-hmm. um, it definitely lacked in the second. Okay. Um, Luke Cage again, I remember the first, not the second season. Iron Fist, we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The first season of The Punisher is very good, um, and okay. the De- Defenders was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like the first season of The Punisher, the first season and third season of Daredevil. And the first season of Jessica Jones, I'd say those are like the highlights. Yeah, I mean, I remember really enjoying Daredevil, um, but the, the other shows I remember just kind of being so and so on. Punisher is one I've always kind of wanted to go back and re and, and watch. And I know time. that has a second season, but I have heard very very little about. It. I think it came out like two years ago this time. Yeah. Um, but I did not. That I think I the second season of Punisher, and. Mm. Maybe one. I, that's all I think I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I think I've yeah. seen all the others. 
but it, it was always interesting because I don't know if you guys remember, but like when you would watch those, it was like they would somewhat reference like the MCU, but they wouldn't like reference it too much. Like they wouldn't like full out say like Thor's name or like Hulk. You would just see like a really like you would just see uh, like a newspaper clipping that might have like hinted toward like the Battle of New York, but it was never talked about. So like it it almost felt like it was the same universe, but then it didn't just because they didn't fully acknowledge it. And it always just felt separate to me. Like, and I never really felt like a connection between like right. what was going on in the MCU and what was going on in those shows. They like to refer to a lot of it as the incident. The inc- that, that was that was yeah. one of the things they always said, or like the five, the group, the group, whatever. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they love the battle in New York. And I remember there was just some obscure, like I think Luke Cage. Um, so, spoiler, if if you're you're planning on watching that anytime soon, but I know whole thing with him is his skin is like impenetrable and in the first season that's like one of the middle points is you know a bullet pierces his skin and it's a hammer bullet it's fired from a hammer weapon mm-hmm. which was sam rockwell's character in iron man too so like okay definitely like they probably weren't planning on using sam rockwell again so mm-hmm. they were they would just kind of sprinkle in the things that i guess didn't really have much significance mm-hmm. yeah it's just i'm, I'm kind of glad we talked about that just because there was you know I figured that almost felt like that was the the first sort of um, venture that Marvel took into doing TV shows. And then this really seems like the, the first one that's going to stick, you know, obviously we have all these new shows coming up and, you know, that we're really excited for. Is there one in particular that you guys are looking forward to um, the most after seeing this or just in general? I say, I will say Moon Knight sounds pretty interesting. That one definitely has my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of these first 2021 series, like I'm, I'm excited for all of them, um, mm-hmm. and I think I'll probably get a little more excited as we get closer. But I don't think any of them are going to have like super significance mm-hmm. um, to things. Get like Hawkeye. I, don't, I, I they really are are uh, I think building towards Young Avengers. Which, yeah. yeah, that's Wanda's kids, and, and Hawkeye is going to have Kate Bishop. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they're kind of using the shows for. Um, yeah. I will say Secret Wars, they announced at the Disney Investor Day. That one sounds interesting to me, too. Mm-hmm. They kind of see, like, all the scrolls that are living in the mm-hmm. general pop. So I think that's a cool concept. I'm excited to see them do that. Yeah. Secret Wars is interesting. I'm kind of excited for that Armor Wars, too. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. I think uh, the ones that are coming later sound a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm most curious about uh, the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Just to see the fallout from Endgame, what happens to Steve Rogers? Yeah, yeah. Is is Falcon going to be the new Captain America? How's mm-hmm. he going to do it? You know, it, all those all those questions. You know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We laughing at. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, just because one of the biggest takeaways I got from WandaVision is like, why didn't any of them like keep tabs on Wanda? Like, right. <laughs> no Avengers were like coming in to check in on her, see she's okay. Uh, she's still also checking at the front desk at the the Shield facility. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's just That's me. True, though. They all kind of just go their separate ways, I guess. At the end yeah. of the movie, but I will say I have heard the Falcon, and you guys have probably heard this too. I heard that that really like one of the biggest themes of it is like life after the blip. So okay. I'm interested to see that. But again, like, well, I mean what wanda does in infinity war alone you know there's that whole line that, that why was she up there mm-hmm. you know 
she's like the one of the most powerful ones. Yeah, yeah. If not like the mm-hmm. most powerful, but yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think like why didn't any of them just like yeah, like I said, like check in to make sure she was okay or I I don't know. Maybe they did. Uh, maybe they, you know. So I don't know who would be the one that would do that. Would it be she's kind of got that relationship with Hawkeye, but I think maybe uh Dr. Nicodemus West. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's bring him back. <laughs> so I guess you guys just want to start breaking down the episodes like we have planned. We have John's blog that we're going to go off of and mm-hmm. kind of refer to all of his articles for the show mm-hmm. when we're talking about each episode. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I somehow finished this this greater Craig Dragon way earlier than I intended, and mm-hmm. I need to get a refill. Alternatively, we could order a pizza. So I think we should take a quick break and get that situated. And when we come back, we'll break down the episodes. So we do have a beer tonight, guys. It is the Greater Crate Dragon Double and a Half IPA from Tannery Run Brew Works. A little heavier of a beer. Tannery Run is located in Ambler. Uh, they got good food, good beer. They have really good burger. I got, I got a burger from them a little while ago. The temperature's perfect, and the roll is crispy. But um, a little heavier than what we're used to on this show. So I'm going to kind of leave it to you guys. What do you think of this beer? Yeah, it's, it's a very dark beer. You know, weighing at 9.7%, you kind of expect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could definitely taste all the hops in it. It mm-hmm. it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. It, first well, first sip, yeah. I'm gonna say, you know, I I think the name gives a little bit of illusion to you know maybe some of these flavors here, just because the great dragon is that creature in the first episode of the second season of the Mandalorian. Okay, the the one that they're going after, trying to kill. Right. Yeah. So you know that's a heavy, you know thing and it's, it takes them a while to kind of get rid of it and maybe it takes a little longer than your average uh domestic to get this beer down i was gonna say it took them a while to get that uh to get that dragon down right it kind of yeah. looks like a like the mozilla firefox a little bit it does yeah a little like if you circle. mix if you mix like google chrome and and that together you get this kind of yeah. logo it's like a dragon with some hops yeah you know what's interesting though i'm reading the can mm-hmm. and it Gives a definition for the word splatch, which I mm-hmm. think is it's a method of brewing in which the same base ingredients are used to make at least two. So I think that's how they made this, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like they, they brew two beers, but it's together. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. I've never seen that before. And I guess that's why this is yeah, a. Uh, so strong. I guess this is why this is a, a double and a half India pale ale. A double and a half IP. I mean, I've heard a double IP, a double and a half. Like I've never gotten to like a triple, but like we're, we're inching closer to that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't go out and get like a six pack of this. I don't think mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could finish it. Yeah. But if I, I'm out one night, you know, if I'm there, mm-hmm. I, I would try this. I was going to say, if I went to a, if I went to Tannery Run on like a Friday night and I was like trying beers, like I would. Yeah, I, I know more, for this. more so. I think I would have it in, in like a flight. Mm-hmm. A flight, that's a good call. Okay. Because I'm yeah. not really into like these darker beers. 
Mm-hmm. You know, this reminds me of that winter warmer ale we had. Okay. Yeah, a little heavier, like a porter type. Yeah, I mean, I don't see this as like a porter, but I definitely see this as like a a heavy IPA, you know? It's got a strong aftertaste. I'm trying to think of what it is. I really can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's heavy. It's heavy for sure. What would you rate this, Dave? You know, I, I'd go with like a three mm-hmm. out of five on this, yeah. on our grading scale. Mm. Give it three brews. Yeah, I think I'm going three too. It's like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what I gauge with like how I rate these beers is like, would I go for it if it was like just sitting in my fridge? And and I would go for this. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't one of those beers that's going to get like reserved to like the back of the fridge. But um, I'm also not going to go out of my way to like try this again too much, you know? Yeah. But, um, and that's just me personally. I don't like these heavier beers, but. We ought to try one of their lighter beers on a future episode because it's it's not mm-hmm. bad, but. You know, it yeah, it's just too dark for my too heavy for my liking. I like. Didn't their, they say in the comment? Too. Isn't there a lighter version of this one? I think they said that in their comment. I th- yeah, I think there is. And you never thought to mention that. That's the thing. Like, if if these places want us to try, give us recommendations, we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So it was a good call. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the name, you know, clearly puts it. Right in line with the kind of stuff we talk. I mean, this would have been a great Mandalorian one to review, but mm-hmm. it's fitting for WandaVision too. Yeah, so, so there's a lighter Crate Dragon, guys, and then this is the, I guess this is the heavier version of that. Okay, and what's the um, percentage on the lighter one? I don't know. It just says it's called, the other one's just called Crate Dragon. Okay. Um, and then they refer to this one that we just had as its bigger, badder brother, greater Crate Dragon. So... Yeah, uh, we should have done this on our brother bear review then. <laughs> our brother Phil bear, Collins, or brother bear two review. Phil Collins went hard on that soundtrack too. He did. Yeah. What's it with Phil Collins, man? He, Not as hard. Great. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we definitely got to give a PSA with this one. Nine point seven percent. Do not drink and drive while you're yeah, consuming this. Definitely not. Get get an Uber. Get a Lyft. Hopefully they're more readily available now that stuff's opening up a little more. But mm-hmm. and and check out uh, Tannery Run Brewing, especially with everything opening up now. Mm-hmm. All these local places are gonna need everybody's business to to keep going. Yeah, no, Tannery Run. It's cool. I've I've been there a few times. Um, good burger, good nachos, good beer. Definitely check it out. Welcome back to Post Credit Brews with Matt, Dave, and John. All right. We want to just kind of jump into the, the episode breakdowns then? Yeah, let's just get right into it. So mm-hmm. episode one opens up, titled Filmed Before a Live Audience. So it opens up in the setting of the 1950s in Westview, New Jersey, Vision and, and Wanda. Mm-hmm. I guess to assume they're newly, newlyweds and just buy yeah. a house together. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's just a lot of like mystery around it um and i guess this was supposed to be sort of like a, a dick van dyke type show you know set in the 50s i, I guess is that was that the 50s or 60s because the 60s episode was more so. bewitched right mm-hmm. yeah 
Right. So these episodes kind of blend together a lot. I think mm-hmm. the first and the second. Um, yeah. The first episode's like the dinner party, and the second is the talent show. Yeah, yeah. So and and I think bringing up the dinner party, obviously, Vision. There's like this date. They're not sure what's going to happen on this date, and then he realizes they're inviting his boss and his wife over for for dinner. And it's, you know, it's just a lot of sort of like this weird, like what's going on here, different things sort of playing out. Again, I mean, I think my biggest thing with these first couple episodes is just how they fully commit to like the sitcom aspect of it. But at the same time, sort of just being left with these like small, weird moments where you're just sort of like, what's going on? Like, obviously, the big one in this one is that the boss is choking and Wanda tells Vision like not to save him. Small things like that. I mean, I don't know if there's anything more to really kind of elaborate with the episode or if you guys kind of have anything else that sort of went on that sort of sparked your interest here. Uh, you brought up the, the choking. It's the first time you realize that it's not like a scripted uh, sitcom. Like she broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Went off script and like mm-hmm. kind of froze everybody and told her to stuff. So you could, and then obviously you see them do their use their powers throughout the episode and everything. Yeah, yeah. So you, it gives us more so just trying to figure out what was going on with mm-hmm. in this world in this setting with the what with this how yeah. they get there. This is my biggest question: like, how did they even get there? Yeah, yeah. You have no idea kind of what the the whole background for like why this whole sitcom thing is going on. Um, One thing I I will say, and I noticed it right from the get go, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen's American accent was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. she dropped that. Uh, that was it. Russian or? Seco- I mean, it's pretty Sokovian. much Russian, Sokovian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, that I didn't was not a fan of that, but you know she mm-hmm. did really well with it. It sounded better with the American accent to me. Yeah, I would agree, and I mean that was kind of something. I I feel like they really didn't really have an answer for why she lost the accent. I just feel like it was easier for her to talk mm-hmm. like the way Elizabeth Olsen would talk. You know, when the first. I feel like- the the accent was present in age of ultron Mm -hmm. and it was like kind of sprinkled in the show but aside from that i feel like she didn't really have it yeah yeah i felt like civil war like she it was just kind of like it didn't go anywhere right you know when the show first aired one of the big memes that was going around was i am this this year old, this time of day, when I realized Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen was the older sister or the younger sister of the Olsen twins. I, I think that's a good point, Dave, because I feel like they made a point to like completely skip the 90s in in this. I felt like if they were going to do a sitcom in the 90s, it would have been like full house centric. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were like, that would have been like way too on the nose with like the Olsen, you know. I got, I saw Olsen. a little bit of a hint with the 90s in the one intro when they're running on the field. It kind of looked like full house a little bit. Okay. Was that like was that supposed to be like the eighties one or this was, yeah, this is the eighties one okay. with like the oil paintings and stuff like that. But they, yeah. I think they sprinkled in there a little bit. But you, okay. you're right, it wasn't like a full dedication. Yeah. Like you've seen some of the other decades. In the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. You know what what kind of really stood out to me in this first episode though was um Paul Bettany. Like I felt like he just had a lot of like really good like physical humor in this. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Like he was just yeah. Um and I feel like Paul Bettany is like good in everything he's in. But I feel like you never really like leave something just being like, wow, like Paul Bettany was great in that. Like I felt like this is the first thing where I was like, oh, you actually like noticed him a lot more. I got like really, really, really good like Phil Collins in the Tarzan soundtrack kind of vibes from from Paul in this entire series. <laughs> he didn't need to be this <laughs> over so. the top, but he did. He was, you know. Yeah, he was, and he did it. <laughs> yeah. 
That's, that's a good meme. Yeah. And I guess one last thing to mention in this episode was each one, there's an Easter egg or something. Because every episode right. they have a commercial. And in this mm-hmm. one, it was an advertisement for a Tony's for a Stark branded toaster. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess that was also sort of a moment. Like, obviously, the commercial was fully set in that, in that decade. Um, mm-hmm. There was like the really like ominous like just like the ticking which i think pays off in uh the eighth episode which kind of does a lot of flashbacks mm-hmm. um but i was kind of just taken aback to age of ultron like i mm-hmm. you know that was one of their biggest you know character elements in the beginning of that movie was how much they hate stark yeah because yeah. that was the missile that killed their parents and they kept that mm-hmm. here um mm-hmm. they just play it out a little bit better yeah yeah but i thought this this was one of the the cooler um commercials that they did mm-hmm. I thought. definitely yeah and th- those kind of translated well i feel like in, in the future episodes too and kind of just you know obviously for some of them you're scratching your head and it was like what is that but um it all kind of seems to play into sort of this like trauma that like wanda has and you know what's kind of going on in her head i guess subconsciously but yeah um and then we, we jump to kind of the, the second episode, which is, yeah, I guess there was more of like a bewitched, um, you know, a bewitched sort of inspired episode. And one thing I will say is I felt like this was the episode where the theme song outside of the Agatha song that got stuck in my head the most. Oh, yeah. WandaVision. WandaVision. <laughs> WandaVision. <laughs> they were yeah. all very well done, I thought. Yeah. Songs. And you uh, had they used out. the songwriting duo from Frozen. Okay. Kristen Lopez and Robert Anderson Lopez, or mm-hmm. maybe I'm getting that wrong. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. And they, they did all the themes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This theme, man, it was stuck in my head afterward. Yeah. Wasn't my favorite, but I thought the animation was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm sure if you go back, and again, what you said, Dave, this is definitely, usually I'm not one to want to want to immediately go back and watch a show, but. WandaVision, I definitely expect to rewatch soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and this intro, I'm sure there's a lot that you can pick um, mm-hmm. that, that plays off later. Either it plays off later in the series or it's just a nod to the comics. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if it didn't make it to the show. Yeah. And, and this whole episode is sort of, she is, um, she joins like the, the like community committee or something, right? Um, and they're scheduling, they're like planning the talent show and all this stuff. And again, sort of just these weird moments where Wanda's kind of like freezing in time and, um, you know, she hears somebody talking to her through the radio. Um, you're meeting some of the neighbors, obviously, in the, the first episode, I guess we should mention we met Agnes, who, who kind of Catherine Hahn playing this nosy neighbor, and she's present in this episode, too. And then Vi- what's the whole thing with Vision is he eats a piece of gum and it gets like stuck in him. Um yeah, and, and it again, messes it was, with the wiring of him, and it yeah, I guess alludes to him being like drunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, you're you're totally right. Like Paul Bettany didn't have to go this hard, Dave, <laughs> and but he did. Yeah. But did we get any real payoff from that with the gum? Like, I guess. No, I mean, I the the biggest thing I got from it was it was just kind of like a classic like sitcom trope. Like, I could definitely see that yeah. in in like an old sitcomy show. Right. Um, I don't really think there needed to be any payoff from it, but it was just, yeah. I mean, I think I it was more just signifying that, yeah, like Vision isn't a human. I think this episode was mainly in there to show that Wanda and Vision had to conceal their identities and their powers and and try to gain the trust of the neighbors. 
yeah, obviously trying to save the talent show, right, with what they were doing. Like, she didn't want them to know that they had these powers that they could use. And again, I think that kind of lended itself to, to some of the comedy in this episode. Um, we obviously meet Monica Rambo. I mean, we don't know it's Monica Rambo, but, I, you know, Tayona Paris. Um, this was kind of her debut episode here. Yeah, you correct? meet her at, okay. yeah, at the community meeting. I think her name is Geraldine. Yeah, um, right, right. And she kind of befriends Wanda. Um, obviously, you get more... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, background on that in an upcoming yeah. episode, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, for now, and she's kind of running the talent show, kind of yeah. and seeing it. That's right. Yeah, and I would say too. I mean, Tayona Paris, like she was one of the standouts. I thought in the, this whole show. Yeah, she was um, great. I, I don't think she really like is showcased that well in this the second episode, but obviously the third, you kind of learn a little more about her, and then ultimately the fourth, where I mean, the whole episode is pretty much about her. So I thought she was she was really good in it. And I got what was the, the oh, so the commercial in the second episode was for um, a watch, um, mm-hmm. and it was specifically a Strucker watch, Strucker which watch, yeah. he was a member of Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, we first see him in the Captain America and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. end credit scene. Um, yeah, or it's Captain yeah. America, the Winter Soldier end credit mm-hmm. scene. That's the one. Um, yeah, where he is basically, you know, they use Loki's scepter to powers on wanda mm-hmm. and her brother pietro yeah um, and he's in age of ultron too but really just in the beginning mm-hmm. um he's kind of the head of hydra yeah. yeah but again i mean this was a cool commercial and it was kind of setting the tone for what they would be and and obviously at this point when we'd only had these two episodes it seemed like it was really aligning with wanda's trauma in the movies mm-hmm. and it was but they kind of reinforced that in the series and that makes the commercials mm-hmm. work even more and resonate even more Right. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And it yeah. ends with them back at their house, and they go outside and they see this uh, beekeeper crawling yeah. out of the manhole cover. Mm-hmm. And Wanda says, "Like not yet, or or no, or something like that." And yeah, re- reverses, and they're back in the living room. Mm-hmm. They turn the color mm-hmm. at the end, and she her belly just grows, and she's now like six months pregnant. Right, right. So it's yeah. giving more hint to Wanda is mm-hmm. really pulling the strings and controlling a lot of the things happening inside this show. Yeah, kind of like she can like make whatever reality she wants come possible for her. Yeah, yeah. I forgot she gets pregnant at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing that up. And obviously, like the whole thing with the show going being colorized is, was a pretty big deal too. I think the, the basic premise with this one is you know what they're just confused by Wanda's pregnancy. Like no one really knows. Um, and it's just kind of rapidly moving mm-hmm. forward. You know, their doctor keeps coming by. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually, Monica Paris, uh, Monica Rambo, Tiana mm-hmm. Paris's character, is still Geraldine in this episode, and she's yeah. a pretty big presence there with Wanda the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah. I think she goes into labor this episode, and the whole thing is, she's Geraldine's taking care of her at the house, and Vision's out trying to get the doctor. So that's mm-hmm. why they're they're not together. Yeah, and I think you really pick up on like Vision is starting to sort of piece together like this, this real like something isn't right here. Um, you know, just his interactions with the neighbors, and then you sort of see Agnes sort of intervene with that. Um, and then yeah, you sort of have have Monica sort of sort of questioning this whole like reality, um, kind of like what's going on, and obviously 
you know, it's almost like Wanda feels threatened the more questions that kind of get asked about this this world that she's created. Yeah, you know? I think she actually like slips up and mentions uh, Pietro. Right. Yeah. That, and and big... mentions Ultron, and mm-hmm. that, and she just snaps and like. Yeah. Yeah. Really, like, I guess throws her out out of the. Uh, yeah. This world. Out of the um, what do they call it? The vortex. I don't. Whatever. You know, yeah. The hex. Yeah. I think. The hex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, you know, before then she, she helps Wanda deliver these, these babies that she's, you know, been pregnant with for like a day. <laughs> and th- this was the episode they had the stork kind of running around too, which. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Everything I, I could... was kind of going nuts in the house. Yeah, um, definitely. And like you'd kind of said, this episode was the biggest indicator of like, like stuff is not, not good in this mm-hmm. little town. Something's not everything. Right. Everything is not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially with the neighbors acting fit like fishy around them, and you know, kind of mm-hmm. like, like hinting that that they don't trust them at all. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big reasons why I wanted episode three to be included with the first two, as they were all should have been released together. Because mm-hmm. by this yeah. point, like you, I I fully know what's going on, and-, mm-hmm. and and the other thing is like you you had all of us hooked. Like we were all like you could have released the first episode and the second episode separately. And we still would have watched it. Right. Um, I just think the episodes work better together. Like, I don't think you got like a super big cliffhanger at the end of two compared to what we got at the end of three with, you know, Monica being kicked out of the, you know, kicked out of the hex. And then obviously you see her just sort of in a field, but there's all these, like um, all these people around her, you know? Um, I will say this was the cliffhanger where, Every week when the episode was done, I just wanted to keep watching, and I would have watched mm-hmm. another episode. But this was the one where I was the most like, "Come on, yeah!" Like I, I really want to like, where is this going next? Yeah, yeah. I used to. I mean, these episodes were like tricking you because, like, I remember I would see how much more time I had left, and it would say like twenty minutes, but in reality, you only had like eight because there was like twelve minutes of credits. Yeah, and I did the not Mandalorian like that at all. was like that yeah. too. The Mandalorian has long. Yeah, okay. like they're at yeah. least at least like seven, eight minutes of credits, which it's like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like increasing the size of the font on an essay just to get that page count. Yeah, yeah, right. And, We've and all been guilty of that. That's the thing with these Marvel shows moving forward that I think people are going to start to pick up on more is they're either going to be I think like forty four minutes or they're mm-hmm. going to be like. 28 like half at like they're going to credit the 44 ones as being an hour and yeah. some of them will maybe be closer maybe some of them will be 50 mm-hmm. but they're either i think going to be like 10 or 9 half hour episodes or like mm-hmm. 6 hour episodes so like Falcon yeah. and the winter winter soldier i think it's going to be um, mm-hmm. 6 hour episodes i think yeah. loki is going to be half hour episodes but i could okay. be wrong yeah but i know yeah, falcon I... and the winter soldier is supposed to be an hour i think you're right i think it's going to depend on like the duration of like the the series as a whole like i think if you're gonna have like nine episodes i think you're gonna have shorter episode nine episodes i think yeah you're gonna have shorter episodes like 30 minutes versus like yeah falcon and winter soldier which is like six so i think we're probably gonna get like 40 minute episodes or so right i know i think she hulk was an example kevin feige used like he said that that's going to be 10 episodes because it's 10 episodes they're going to be half hour long Mm -hmm. yeah so which makes sense but yeah i mean you're still kind of left with wanting more and you know, I, I think it's a good segue into, you know, we jumped from three and then obviously at the end of three, we wanted more, we wanted more. Um, and episode four, uh, well, I guess what was the, the commercial for three? Was uh, it the was Lagos it, paper towels? Uh, no, it was a, it was like Hydra soak. Okay. Yeah, so, so it was a little, a little bit, 
I was thinking that this was gonna this commercial was gonna be something with her brother, mm-hmm. um, just because it seemed like that was the progression of where the first two were going. Yeah. But again, I think it was more so working off the progression of the show and not okay. her arc in the movies. Um, yeah, which, which they're kind of the same, but mm-hmm. you get just a little more enlightenment in the show. Okay, um, but I mean, th- this one kind of just connects to the last commercial, mm-hmm. yeah. Hydra. So yeah, okay, okay. But yeah, and then, like I said, to kind of segue where we went from like the third episode to, you know, we're jumping to the fourth. Um, obviously, the fourth it has probably the coolest opening of, of all these episodes. Um, and you just jump right into it with, um, you know, people. And, and it was kind of, you were kind of wondering what's going on, what's going on. And it's everyone returning from the blip. Um, so it's Monica Rambo returning in a hospital where I guess, you know, when she disappeared, that's where she was with her mom. You could learn later on. Um, but a- again, this is just the first indicator outside of Spider-Man Far From Home, um, where you kind of realize like the repercussions of what happened after the blip mm-hmm. um, and kind of people coming back. So I-, I thought that was cool. And again, I thought Monica was one of the standouts of, um, you know, of this series. And I feel like she was really showcased well in this episode. Yeah, I just think that opening was just very, um, I mean, it grabs your attention. And I don't know, I I don't think it really hit me like how big like this event is going to inform like at least this phase four of the MCU. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to play a major part in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Probably a show like Hawkeye, it's really Mm going to play a big role in. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely excited to see what they do with it, especially after seeing this um opening which i mean it's i mean you realize it's powerful i mean you realize her mom didn't flip yeah she passed away in that five years but again they're they're reinforcing it which you found out in the movies Mm -hmm. to the people that disappeared it was only Mm -hmm. you know it didn't it wasn't five years it was much Mm -hmm. much shorter yeah and and i think a good thing to bring up is um sort of talk to monica rambo for i'm sure everyone that's listening knows but um she was obviously the the kid in in captain marvel who was what was her name in Captain Marvel? The mom, Maria, Maria Rambo. Okay, okay. very close. Okay, yeah. So she was her child in Captain Marvel. Um, and again, I've kind of been kind of vocal on like Captain Marvel wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, she, like I said, like she's really good in this, um, and she really is kind of like the central point of this episode. You see her; she goes back to Shield. You meet that guy Hayward. Um, who's now director of shield um, and right off the bat i mean this is a sketchy guy like you know you know this guy's gonna be bad <laughs> right and you know then she's sort of um she sort of gets an assignment to go to westview and we're kind of met we meet um what's his name again randy Wu. jimmy jimmy Wu. jimmy Wu. okay yeah randall clark jimmy Wu. okay yeah randall park jimmy Wu. But yeah, you, and you meet him there, um, who we obviously know from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, he's there sort of trying to, to catch up with a missing persons case or something. Um, and she's there sort of trying to investigate this town that just went missing. And again, I mean, I thought this was a really good episode. Darcy comes back in this one too. So, yeah. Yeah, th- so it was more so just a introduction background builder for i guess these agents that are mm-hmm. going to be throughout the entire rest of the series yeah so yeah it was kind of a filler episode but it, it was entertaining i, I like yeah it. yeah yeah it and was... it was almost 
Um, I was it was like say, the pulling back of the curtain, pretty much. Yeah, I was gonna say it filled in those gaps, like you, you know, that weird stuff that happened, like um, the stuff with the beekeeper made sense, like you understood where that came from from this episode. The airplane, um, all that the stuff. airplane falling. Yeah, so it, yeah, you're. That's a great point. Like it pulled back the curtain from this. Um, am I and, the only you know, one that? Am I the only one that thought that another person that was trying to do too much? but it didn't land at all, was Jimmy Woo. I feel like he was trying to be the comic relief, like he was an Ant-Man, mm-hmm. and it just was not working. See, so I, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because I, I thought both him and Darcy didn't work in the movies, but I thought they worked really well in this show. Uh, yeah, I thought Jimmy was, was great, but I just mm-hmm. think he was always trying to get the funny punchlines in, and it just like was not hitting at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I think Ant-Man is like more of like a comedic thing um, versus like this where like there were some comedy elements here and it's, it, you know, everyone refers to it as Marvel humor, you know? Um, and I felt like they use a lot of that here, but I, I thought he worked in this. Um, there were a couple of moments where I was like, I felt like it was a little too much, but I mean, I, like I said, we got to bring up Darcy. Like I hated her in the Thor movies. Like she just did not work for me at all in those. She's got an annoying um, ass voice. Yeah. <laughs> But she worked well here, right? Like yeah, it she was good. I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind her here, and you know, I, I definitely think we're gonna see her again in something else coming up. But I wonder if if they actually go through and do Young Avengers. I wonder if they'll use like Wu and, and Darcy at mm-hmm. as like some of their contacts. Maybe, yeah. I, th- I think it's a lot more likely we'll see them in a TV project as opposed to a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I will not argue with anyone who says that, you know, they didn't work in the movies or they did, or they didn't work on this show or they did. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I, I, I was fine with them in the show. I thought they had some, some funny moments and some, some character moments. I, I'll agree. He, uh, Jimmy Woo didn't really bother me too much in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I thought he was a little more over the top in that, but again, I, it didn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Darcy, especially in the second Thor, Thor the Dark World, Darcy's a little too much. Um, mm. But they use them fine here. I'll be honest. I think they get a little sidelined by the end of the show. Um, yeah. You almost kind of forget, especially like in like, mm. spe- I mean, especially the finale. But again, yeah. I mean, it, it is Wanda's show. So mm. I understand. But yeah, well, I think especially the direction that they take Darcy too. like it, it almost like they felt like they were like setting her up for something like so much bigger. And then I, she has one scene in the finale. Like that was it. Right. Like, um, so. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they really kind of cement these characters in this episode. And again, I, I kind of like that they sort of just took a step back from Wanda and Vision and just sort of focused on like, you know, this is what's going on in this part of the show, but like, this is also what's going on. Um, and obviously in the next episode, those worlds collide. But um, yeah, I, I thought you, it was good. Do you guys think it was too soon for this episode? Um, do you think we should have gotten it earlier? Or do you think it kind of came right about the best time? I think it came at a good time. Yeah, I think it, um, you know, I really didn't have any issues with it too much. You know, I, I think those first three did a good job at cementing kind of like what was going on here and sort of letting you kind of like question, you know, well, what's on the outside world and stuff like that. Um, again, I mean, I, I think that's a good point where you're kind of just left with like, man, I want to see what's next. I want to see what's next. Um, and this was just the, the next logical thing for them to go with it. 
Um, yeah, I'd agree. I think it came at a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for casual fans, if you went way too long without answers, mm-hmm. um, they probably would have tuned out. Tuned mm-hmm. out. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one big part of this too is the we learned that people that are inside that the hex give off some kind of radiation, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty significant thing to talk about. Yeah, they're like something's going on there. Like maybe Wanda's kind of like possessing them in some type of way. Or the hex is given off some type of like radiation. Yeah. That's disgusting. And what else? Anything else before we jump into episode five? Obviously, we didn't get a commercial this one. So uh, the next one titled on a very special episode. So obviously, you know, it's got some of that 80s, um, 80s flair in the title, obviously, just because they did a lot of those special episodes with 80s shows. But you know, in this episode, I think the biggest thing that you kind of notice right from the start is obviously Wanda's kids are getting older. You know, they were, you see them as babies and then all of a sudden they're, um, you know, just these young kids. And then, you know, I think Agnes is kind of a big presence in this episode too. But um, what were you guys' thoughts on this one? This was maybe my favorite uh, sitcom episode. And again, like this is kind of getting into the sitcoms that I'm a little more familiar with. Um, yeah. you know, the ones that they've done before, I've never really seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I can recognize them, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this one was def- and this one was a good balance, I think, of the two storylines. You know, the storyline uh-huh. inside the hex and outside. Um, yeah, kind of yeah. seeing them come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest things with this too is I think you really like right from the get go, you you know something's up with Catherine Hahn, Agnes. But I think this was the first episode where you really kind of see her like pulling the strings even more and more. Um, you had some moments with her in previous episodes. Um, but just the way like how she's kind of taking care of the kids and sort of manipulating some of the stuff. Um, and it almost felt like she was manipulating Wanda in this episode. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a big takeaway I got from it. My biggest takeaway was Vision becoming more and more suspecting of, of Wanda and what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's clearly this isn't the vision that yeah that we know because he, he died. Yeah. yeah. So this is something that's all just created. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, and the fact that he's starting to have his own thoughts and suspicions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you find out in this one that he touches the head of the one coworker and he mm-hmm. starts freaking like, Where am I? Where am I? Get her yeah. out of my head, get her out of my head. So mm-hmm. he's starting to realize that these people are being possessed by Wanda. Yeah, you have that great fight with them at the end, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you just have that that argument that they have and, and Vision's just questioning everything that's going on and you just kind of see Wanda who just wants to who just wants to keep everything normal or at least normal to her. And then, you know, I, I think the big scene stealer at the end of this episode is, you know, there's a, a knock at the door at the end and it's uh, it's Pietro except it's not the Aaron Taylor Johnson one we know from the MCU. It's the Evan Peters version um, or it's Evan Peters playing Pietro um, who we know from the X-Men movies. So there was a lot of speculation at the end of this episode, sort of with what's, what was going on. Yeah. We were wondering if like this was their way of introducing the X-Men into the MCU, which mm-hmm. it, it may wind up being that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. it was, it was a pretty cool way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of adds on to the ramifications of what Wanda is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, make like creating this this universe mm-hmm. and ultimately open up the multiverse. 
which yeah, I think question, was what they're really trying to get at. Question and what's going on. Yeah. Which, which I think we're getting obviously with Dr. Strange and, and Spider-Man uh, no way home. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's the yeah. official title title. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this definitely made you kind of question like where, where are they going with this and, and what's going on? But, and, and then what was the, the commercial in this one, John? Uh, this was the paper towels, the Lagos yeah, paper Lagos. towels. So, okay. um, Lagos is basically that inciting incentive for civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. Wanda kind of blows up that building, yeah. um, which is a really cool moment in um, the comics. And I think in this show and just in all their movies in general, they do a really good job of like mm-hmm. adapting the stories for what works best for the movies. Mm-hmm. Cause like a very similar incident starts civil war in the comics. Um, it's like a group of young Avengers, they were just they're just doing this tv show they're trying to be famous and like you know this whole like neighborhood kind of blew, like a, a block of a neighborhood kind of blows up um so it's basically the same kind of theme that incites mm. it but um i know wandavision i think took a lot of inspiration from like house of m mm-hmm. um, some comics i'm not familiar with but that's yeah. just i mean more credit to marvel and the writers here um mm. just for you know doing a good job of adapting best yeah. for what works for them mm. I always think of that with civil war where I'm like, I always question. Cause I always feel like, at least for me, I always felt like the inciting thing with civil war was like them sort of going after Bucky or like Bucky being like the big one. But obviously like the thing with Wanda in the beginning of the episode where, you know, she, she kind of loses control of her power and blows up the, um, the embassy there. You know, I, I think it kind of, yeah, it, it, it's almost like twofold. It's obviously like trying to, to sort of, control Wanda's powers but at the same time kind of go after Bucky um but yeah I always forget there's kind of like dueling things but yeah I mean obviously that was traumatic for her she just blew up like an entire building in the beginning of that movie and on the sword side of this episode it's them you know briefing them on on Wanda and in the Westview hex and everything mm-hmm. and they develop these drones that are, are gonna go in to I guess go and find them yeah, yeah, and Monica doesn't realize that they are weaponized. Oh, right. And at the yeah. very end of it, it's probably like John alludes. It's probably the best part of the of the series mm-hmm. is when Wanda leaves the hex. Mm-hmm. She's not she's out of her out of her eighties getup. She's in her like Scarlet Witch costume that we know her from. Yeah, she tells him to get out, leave her alone. Yeah. So it's kind of just mm-hmm. showing that she is pulling the strings. Like this is mm-hmm. all her doing. Yeah, and Dave. She is not the Scarlet Witch yet. She's not Scarlet Witch until a couple more episodes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you're right. This was like one of the coolest scenes of the of the series. Obviously, you see, you know, she has them all like turn their guns on Hayward, and you really kind of get this sense of like she has control of like everything. Um, okay, we just want to jump into episode six. Yeah, this one is. One of my favorites, just because it is Malcolm in the Middle themed, mm-hmm. and I don't know really what made them go this direction with the two thousands mm-hmm. episode, but yeah, I'm not complaining about it. I, I really wasn't expecting this. I mean, I honestly felt like they were just going to skip over the two thousands. I didn't even think it was going to be an, an episode, but yeah, it's obviously like Malcolm in the Middle themed. I also got like just the like a like an even Stevensy sort of like. Um, kind of vibe from this one too. Yeah, like those Disney Channel shows from the 2000s too. Yeah, but this one was good. Halloween themed. You know that was a big presence in this. But um, 
I'm trying to think of like the, the main things that happened in this episode. Obviously you see uncle Pietro. Um, he, he's kind of like a big presence in this episode, Tommy and Billy, um, the twins obviously going trick or treating. Um, seems like Halloween's a really big deal in Westview in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice note callbacks to Wanda and Vision's original attires from the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool way of I, bringing that out. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, I mean, Marvel is like so creative with that stuff where it's like it's almost like it's almost like they're making fun of it, but also like honoring it. I, I yeah. don't really know like how to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Like they kind of know how ridiculous it looks, but they also know these are where the characters originated from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. But And the uh, whole idea is Vision's going off on his own. He's sneaking off to, I guess, learn more about what Wanda's actually doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of questioning what um, what's going on. Yeah, he obviously wants to, you know, to find answers for what's going on. And then it's sort of them going trick-or-treating with the kids. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think w- w- with what was going on with see, uh, Monica. Don't worry, they up to this episode. They're definitely in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the big things that we start, and I think we, we maybe we either find it out this. I think we find it out this episode because um, this is the one where, in the end, Wanda expands the hex. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Monica, this is the episode where we find out that um, people in the hex, like they're not okay. Like it's messing with their their makeup. Because mm-hmm. Monica wants to go back into the hex. That's um, right. Yeah. She wants to go back in, and Darcy basically tells her, you know, like they've, they've been kicked out by Hayward, so the three of them are kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and Darcy tells her, you know, like like your like your cells are like rapidly dividing um which some people i'm sure predicted this because uh she's a big character in the comics i believe her her superhero name is photon um -hmm. so and and obviously that comes into play a little bit later but the whole thing is darcy is staying there to kind of watch how hayward is is tracking vision this Mm -hmm. project he has called cataract and then um monica and jimmy go off to meet with her contact who's going to help her get back into the hex safely Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of us thought that was could be Reed Richards. Obviously, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were all kind of, and, and I think this is again where, I like part of me wants to say I feel like we should have tempered our expectations, but the other part of me is like, I also feel like they were leading us on, you know, like they were leading us to believe, yeah, it's going to be Reed Richards or it's going to be Rhodey, um, or it's going to be like Nick Fury or, or it's going to be someone, you know. Um, I think we were all expecting that. And obviously, it, you know, we learned in a later episode, it, it doesn't really pay off that much, but right. yeah, yeah. I will, uh, I definitely, I get really into these like spoiler videos on YouTube and I try to not watch them, but sometimes I, I just can't, I just can't help myself basically with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a rumor that I definitely actually, like I thought it was going to be true where it was her contact was this character from the comics, like blue Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, he's like a black, like superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely could have seen them seen them go in that direction because he's probably a character they'd want to introduce. He's an engineer and everything. Yeah. Um, and the rumor was that like John Boyega was going to like appear as him, which I could see oh, wow. because okay. I mean he's probably not too far off from being in a yeah, yeah. project like mm-hmm. this. But yeah. obviously that did not pan out. 
I keep hearing, um, I, I mean, I, I guess this is kind of related, but I keep hearing these spoilers or these rumors that he's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. And I don't know if it's going to be the same character, but um, I've seen a lot of like things based on that. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, I, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. or S.H.I.E.L.D., I keep calling him S.H.I.E.L.D., S.W.O.R.D., sort of tries to intervene here right and then that causes wanda to sort of expand the hex even more yes i have that yeah, right yeah she, um, okay well vision's, vision's coming vision's vision gets out and That's he's right. like dying yeah. mm-hmm. and and billy i think senses it and tells wanda right. and then she, that's mm-hmm. why she expands it she goes okay that's right yeah yeah and it yeah it's almost like he sucks in like the whole base Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we get the whole circus theme and Darcy is there too mm-hmm. so um, Hayward and a couple sword agents get away Monica and Jimmy get away um, mm-hmm. but Darcy and like the majority of the sword base get sucked in <laughs> you make him sound like he's a baby Dave he's like no what? like Vision gets out he got out of the <laughs> gate <laughs> but yeah you're right he gets out <laughs> starts deteriorating <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it pisses wanda off and she she expands that yeah. <laughs> you like that <laughs> oh but yeah, I mean, it pisses Wanda off, and I mean, luckily, some people like like Hayward. Yeah, you're right. Like Hayward and um, and Jimmy and and Monica are able to escape. But and I feel like with this episode, you get even more mystery about Pietro because you know he keeps pressing in on Wanda. How are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know what? And we even get that. And you know, we got an earlier one in the episode, and, and I think it was um, the third episode, I believe, or could have. I think it was probably the third. Mm-hmm. Where you know you see visions like corpse, like yeah. Wanda just kind of turns around and it's the dead vision from the end of Infinity oh, War. Oh crap! We didn't bring and, that up. Yeah, that's right. sc- that's and you get the, yeah scary. And you get the same bit. thing here with Pietro because he's kind of wearing a similar like similar. Mm-hmm. He's more so wearing the comics accurate outfit, but yeah. it's kind of like what Iron Taylor Johnson wore. Mm-hmm. So and, let's, uh, he has the same bullet holes too. Let's talk about it. Like what. <sighs> I have my thoughts on why they brought Evan Peters into this. Cause there wasn't a lot of payoff at the end with him, but like, do we just think they approached Aaron Taylor Johnson and he was like, I'm not going to do that. I think that's very possible. Um, also, I do think though, like I could, I, I don't want to hold out too much, but I wouldn't be shocked if there is still some payoff to him being in this some payoff. Okay. Um, but if I had to guess, I would think it probably boils down to, to what you mm-hmm. how, how you feel he got involved with this. Because yeah. my so a, a big thing that I have with with Pietro in this is when you look at Evan Peters, I feel like when when actors sign on for these superhero movies, they sign on for like a five picture deal. So if you look at Evan Peters, so he did Days of Future Past, he did Apocalypse. He had a, a small cameo in Deadpool 2, and then he was in Dark Phoenix. And then this would have been his fifth again i mean i know with like disney acquiring fox and everything i don't know what happened with people's contracts and things like that but part of me almost believes it was like evan peter like i I feel like they might do this with other actors too where it's like to fulfill their contracts that they have with fox they can show up in these marvel properties um again i could be thinking too much into it but i just feel like maybe 
that was how they they sort of like completed his contract with this. Um, I kind of hope we get a little more payoff with Evan Peters, but I feel like they just set it up so well where it's like you wanted it to go in one direction and they just didn't really do anything. I saw people comparing it to the um, the Mandarin in Iron Man three, kind of like a fake out type thing, mm-hmm. but. We'll see. Yeah, it's very possible. It's how they're introducing the X Men into the MCU, mm-hmm. but it only time will tell. I think another character yeah. we could see that with is uh, Abomination, because mm-hmm. they announced that the Disney investor right. he's going to be in She Hulk, and it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a character where it's just been forever. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's still alive at the you know he's still around at the end of that movie. What's happening? And I think it's been revealed. You know, it's been it's been it's been put out there that he's signed on for more than one thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd be excited to see him again. Uh, this yeah. is the episode with that weird um, yoga commercial. Right. Yeah. It was like Yo Magic or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like this guy deserted on an island, like mm-hmm. kind of like dark, died, was like dying. And then was it like the shark or something gave him that yogurt? Something. Yeah. I, I saw people relating this to like her being captured on that, um, like the, the, the vessel she was in in civil war yeah i don't know i mean yeah this was kind of the one where i was kind of scratching my head like how does this relate like is this sort of her when she was younger and her parents died and they had to kind of fend for food or yeah you're right john was like this her on the raft like um yeah i don't know but yeah this was kind of a but i mean that was a very 2000s commercial though (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. like i I could imagine seeing that on like cartoon network or nickelodeon when i was younger yeah and I guess one other thing when I was told by Ginger, this just comes on. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Who is having that conversation? <laughs> this is kind of big a big topic on this show of late. That's <laughs> told by Ginger. <laughs> it's not gonna be uh, anything left to talk about when we do the next scenes one. Oh my yeah. god, right? <laughs> no. I, I guess one other thing to point out is you know, Vision is out doing investigating he sees agnes just like stopped at the at the stop sign like right at the edge of Mm -hmm. town yeah and she's like frozen i guess Mm -hmm. giving more proof that that uh she's controlling everything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I mean honestly i'm not gonna lie i forgot about agnes and then she showed up in this and i kind of felt like this was the most normal she was like i felt like they were trying to make it seem like she was you know there was nothing wrong with her. Like he like zaps, zaps her out of it. And I, I kind of, I, I sort of believed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you still kind of know that she's, she's pulling strings somehow, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then do we want to kind of jump into the next episode then? Yeah. Episode seven. Okay. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. So this is like the, the office mm-hmm. modern family kind of feel episode yeah yeah it was a weird like i felt like obviously of the mockumentary style i felt like they were trying to do like an office style theme um and then it was like the whole episode was kind of like modern family you know type elizabeth um, olsen played a very good impersonation of julie bow in a modern family in this one yeah it really From, like the way she like talked the act, yeah. to even how she would dress and everything mm-hmm. it really did very like well that. done yeah i I think one one issue that I had with this episode was I think in terms of the sitcom base to it, this was my least favorite. Like I felt like they didn't. I felt like with the mockumentary style, they could have done a lot with like giving giving more information to fans and sort of like 
giving a little more exposition and it was just like i feel like they didn't really use it to its full potential right um they kind of they had that whole gimmick where you know like there's always the cutaways like they're like a signature for the this kind of mm-hmm. like format yeah. and they do the cutaway where it's like comedic where it's the quick mm-hmm. quick shot of you know the hex expanding everyone freaking yeah. out and then it just goes back to wanda talking mm-hmm. and like from from what i can remember that's really the only time they do that and, and you know there's other elements to the format that they play with you know talking mm-hmm. to the camera and looking at the camera yeah um but I, and and part of it, part of me wonders if maybe this is just the format that we're the most familiar with mm-hmm. shows like Modern mm-hmm. Family and Office versus something you know where the Brady Bunch episode is a little yeah um, more something mm-hmm. unique to us, something we haven't seen as much of. But yeah. I will agree that this this sitcom one was maybe the uh, mm-hmm. least interesting to me. Yeah, and, uh, maybe my least favorite. Yeah, I just feel like even like maybe not necessarily with Wanda, just because she's trying to sort of like hide everything. But like even with like Vision and like Darcy and things like that, I felt like it was just a good opportunity for them to just be like, yeah, like you know how like crazy this is. Um, and I felt like they really didn't, like I said, like use it to its full potential with that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you still had that Marvel humor mixed with like a Modern Family episode, pretty much. I was so. a little surprised by that too because the whole. The whole series, I, I believe, there were different writers for the episodes, which maybe that's the biggest contributor, but mm-hmm. they were all directed by Matt Shackman. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he did a great job throughout the whole series. Don't you know? Even yeah, this episode good. is is mm-hmm. pretty solid TV. But. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. But yeah, I mean, you have different things kind of going on here. Obviously, Agnes, you know, the beginning of the episode, she takes the kids, uh, Billy and Tommy, and kind of lets Wanda sort of just have her own kind of day. Uh, but stuff with Wanda is kind of, uh, you know, a little out of control. You know, she's sort of like losing it. Um, yeah, you see sure like the, going on. the 50s wallpapers like peeling, mm-hmm. peeling back on and yeah. you know, different settings are changing and she's trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, on the sword side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Still laughing at that vision. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? He got out. So I guess on the sword side of this episode, mm. Monica meets up with her contact, and mm. the contact brings this like vehicle to try to drive into the hex. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Monica, who's already like forming powers, mm-hmm. goes full throttle in there and like gains all of her powers, and then yeah. she confronts Wanda when she gets inside. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I I think to to sort of backtrack a little bit, Dave, obviously. You know, the fans are pissed. You know, we didn't get John Krasinski as Reed Richards in this episode. You know, we, we just got a, a regular just army general. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. She tries to go into the hex. She gets in there. Um, and, and you really kind of see her confronting Wanda and Wanda confronting her. Um, and, and, yeah, it kind of just boils over into just Wanda wanting to know where her kids are, right? Yeah. One thing I noticed between the interaction between those two was – Wanda could have could have just done like one push and like would have like pushed her back out, but she like in a way was kind of like trying to listen to her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think she, I think at the end of the day, she kind of knows that like whatever Monica is telling her, there's some like reason behind it. You know, mm-hmm. I think she just doesn't want to accept it. She's in denial. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, she's also trying to wonder like where the hell are my kids? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows Agnes took them, but she's kind of like starting to question that a little bit. Yeah. 
So the whole scene where Monica gets her powers, I think, is cool. A lot of mm-hmm. throwbacks to dialogue from Captain Marvel, and um, I think she's going to be a cool character moving forward. You know, I think we'll probably next see her uh, in Captain Marvel too, um, if they mm-hmm. don't do Secret Wars before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're really like banging these series out pretty quick. So I, I think we may get Secret Wars before we get Captain Marvel 2, but she's obviously, I mean, she, she's she's already set to show up in Captain Marvel 2, so, I mean, we're getting right. it. We, we know we're seeing her then. I'm just, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I mean, this episode kind of ends with just, uh, you know, her going into Agnes's house, and then she goes in the basement, and obviously she sees Agnes is not who Agnes says she is, right? Um, and we get one of the most catchy songs. I know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. It's stuck in my head right now. <laughs> and it's just like a, a song, like Batchak in the entire series. It was Agatha all along. So all the mm-hmm. strings that she was pulling behind this, behind everything. Yeah. To try yeah. to, like, I guess, trip them up. Yeah. She even killed Sparky, the dog. What is the matter with you? Which we didn't talk about. A lot of people were upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the most controversial thing since Baby Yoda ate those eggs. So. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's disgusting. But yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't think I think I kind of speak for everyone in saying like I think we all knew Agnes was a bad guy. You know, this kind of just uh, just kind of confirmed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. So. I think the bigger question was always like, was she the like the main primary villain, or was she working with someone else? Um, mm-hmm. And as of right now, it kind of when the series ends, it kind of seems like she was just kind of on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I'm sure she has affiliations. The other big thing we see in the basement too is that book, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's the Darkhold. So that's um, mm-hmm. you know I think a lot of people when they saw that they speculated oh that's going to be from that library that's in you know Doctor Strange in a mm-hmm. the Sanctum Sanctorum I think it's called yeah so mm-hmm. but. And maybe it is. We still don't know that. But all we know is that it's definitely uh, where a lot of this dark magic that Agatha has comes from. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that kind of is a, is a big piece to um, sort of what we talked about earlier, where we said kind of phase four, the uh, the mystical is going to play like a big part in it. And obviously it, it seems like, you know, this really kind of um, showed that a little bit. Yeah. We get a um, commercial for Nexus antidepressants in this one. Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, I I think you highlighted this really well in your review, John. So what is Nexus? Or um, is it Nexus? Um, I mean, it has like ties to like the multiverse, from what I can, uh, what I got. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like the opening of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically what it seems like it boils down to. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. So I think definitely something we haven't totally seen yet. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, yeah, yeah, and then it, we do get a post-credit scene in this too. So we get, um, you know, Monica sort of about to travel down into the basement where Agnes and Wanda are, um, and then you have Pietro sort of catching her, um, and I guess you kind of assume that he takes her hostage um, or kind of like kidnaps her a little bit, right? And yeah, and then that leads us into episode eight. So that I guess they're still in like that like 2010s kind of sitcom but it's not like an episode like that so i think all the sitcom episodes are done at this point yeah at this point you know and i think a big thing to to sort of point out too is i always feel like 
with, with shows, whether we're talking about Game of Thrones or, or Breaking Bad or things like that, I always felt like the penultimate episode was always bigger than whatever the finale was. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me, but I always felt like whether you're looking at a, an episode like Battle of the Bastards, obviously that that's one of like the best Game of Thrones episodes ever, and it wasn't even a finale. Um, Ozymandias, same thing, like Breaking Bad, like wasn't the finale, but it was a great episode of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I felt like this was kind of like that, but not really. I, I, I was a little disappointed with this episode. You see, um, I kind of like these kind of episodes because in a way it was kind of a throwaway just because the whole episode was about uh, Wanda reliving her past. Mm-hmm. But it also gave you a lot of answers too. So you see her as a kid right before her parents are killed. Yeah. And the whole family was watching sitcoms mm-hmm. and that's why they all watch sitcoms together. And that's why mm-hmm. all these episodes are, are sitcom based because that's yeah. just a part of her memory. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you yeah. see like stacks of DVDs. One's Malcolm in the middle. One is the Brady bunch. One is modern family. Mm-hmm. Just to I think there was, there was the like an animal from. practice. There was an animal practice one in there. I think animal practice was in there. I think early drafts of the show had Roseanne episodes in there, but obviously they can't use that anymore. <laughs> Who is having that conversation? So I did. Yeah. yeah. But this <laughs> like, honors. yeah. <laughs> you know what? This kind of reminded me of like, you know, the ep- episode dedicated to Kingpin and Daredevil. And you learn about his, yeah. his background. Good point. Good it example. kind of reminds me of the episode of Better Call Saul where it's all about Mike as a cop in Philly. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just need that one episode to they're just contained. Yeah. Really but, just hone in on that one aspect of a character. And, and you know what I would argue with that is and I think that's a good point you bring up, Dave. But I, I think for me personally, it's like like I didn't need to see that. You know, like I didn't need to see Wanda as a kid and the missile blowing up their entire house, their parents dying. You know, I didn't really need to see how she got her powers, how the Mind Stone sort of um, gave her, you know, the the powers to be the Scarlet Witch, to be Wanda. Um, But, you know, I I can see how it would be filler. And it's like, all right, this is a good episode that's going to take us from that sitcom aspect that we follow this entire season to straight to the finale, Mm -hmm. you know. But this, yeah, but I, I kind of agree with that because this all could have been done in like three minutes. It could have just shown mm-hmm. that opening of the her parents getting killed and all the shows, and then it yeah. kind of just goes right into it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If anything, though, I, I think the sitcom aspect, like her, like showing how much how important that was for them as kids, like that, that made sense. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you can, you can show that. Um, but everything else, like, yeah, like I didn't need to see. I did like the scenes with her and Vision, though. I felt like that was really good. Um, I felt like that was a really good, like, character sort of, like, development yeah. there. Um, I, I think it was her performance that drew me in for this episode. Because I, I can agree with what you're saying, where it's kind of like we already know these things happened with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this episode is definitely not my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. And, you like, at this point in the show, you just want the answers. So you kind right. of just want everything mm-hmm. that you get in the finale. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it was this, it was you know Elizabeth Olsen's performance and Catherine Hans that really uh, yeah kind of yeah. drove this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the moments with her, the final, like that final kind of piece of the episode where she goes to sword, that was like the strongest I thought. Right, mm-hmm. definitely. So yeah, yeah, this is yeah, like you said, it's all it's mm-hmm. Agnes heavy with this episode, and yeah. it opens up with with her as a witch in like the eighteen hundreds, and that's right. Her her whole family is. <laughs> 
like turning on her and she's so powerful that she uh yeah like takes all their powers and kills them all yeah and that and she's in the current time she's mm-hmm. taking one through her past to figure out how she got her powers or how she created this hex right yeah that's what the whole episode's about god how do we not talk about that yeah it was a big it was a big opening <laughs> yeah yeah you're right that's a good i'm glad you brought that up dave yeah you no know, like it, it's incredible with the these scenes with like the magic mm-hmm. like just imagine being an actor just like standing there with your hands out and just making faces yeah i always think i, I was thinking that too i always think of um uh, they always talk about with ultron i guess how they acted with james spader because it was like they would act with james spader but he would have like a a thing above his head where it was like, no, like this is where Ultron's face is going to be like act toward that. So it would be like, they'd be looking at James Spader, but they would have to look like two feet above him to yeah. like act, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I, I think we got everything for episode eight, didn't we? Any, anything or episode nine? Episode eight. Well, episode eight, what was the, was the end credits just seeing, uh, you know, Hayward has the version of vision that's all white that he's right. going to send in. Yeah, so so you see that whole post credit where um, you know he's obviously planning something, and I think that's a good thing to bring up too. Is obviously they talk about how um, I guess Vision his like last will and testament was like don't resurrect me, um, right? Was that that was right? He he there. left yeah. he left money and a house for Wanda when she find out the house is destroyed, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how she uses this. Let's see. I believe it's called chaos magic. Is how how Agatha sees it. She uses yeah. that to basically trap the town and recreate this house that that was torn down mm-hmm. that they'd made for her. Because again, that yes, that was what Vision left in his will, and also that he didn't want, um, you know, his body to be, you know, I guess kind of used for any other purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously Hayward is is disregarding that. Yeah, yeah. He's and I felt for her when she goes and sees the corpse at the mm-hmm. the headquarters but yeah. like he's mentioned earlier it, was, it is funny how how much they really didn't trust her at all or even like yeah. checked in on her i mean like it's a full adventure <laughs> she but... still needed to get yeah she still needs like, security yeah. checks yeah i mean maybe you know i'm kind of hoping maybe that'll be an interesting sort of like um sort of like theme in this phase four where maybe kind of like after the blip and after everyone battled Thanos and stuff, it's like the Avengers were kind of like treated like shit, you know, like they mm-hmm. really weren't given like a lot of like credit and, and things like that. Um, so, I mean, maybe we'll see that play out in Falcon Winter Soldier. I, I don't know. Well, I feel that's like... the thing that's crazy is like Civil War is still like, like I think that's going to be the big thing is like, you know, they're, you know, fugitives basically i mean look at the, look they did to on the ones that broke the rules in civil war they put them in in cages mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think wanda just if they're gonna go the route of making her a villain in dr strange too mm-hmm. i could see that kind of like resentment like you know where were all where were all you when i was when all, when all this was happening to me mm-hmm. no yeah. one was there i could see that being like a big element mm-hmm. to it they're gonna That'd make her the villain team. yeah I, I could i could see that happening for sure and i mean i think if we're going to kind of get on that track too, I think what's going to happen is, and, and we talked about it, all these things are connected. WandaVision, Doctor Strange 2, and Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man No Way Home, not Spider-Man 3 with Sandman. <laughs> but I, I think what's going to happen is I feel like 
in Spider-Man No Way Home, I feel like you're going to have Peter coming to Doctor Strange with these questions. And I feel like he's just going to be like, yo, like something's big, big is happening. I feel like he's going to have to deal with whatever crap that Wanda set. And then it's sort of going to be like Peter Parker going his own way. Um, that's just sort of like my, what, what I feel like is going to happen. But um, obviously the three are connected. Yeah. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, trying to see what the, I think this episode did a good job at saying like, this is what phase four can be, or this might, I, I hope they go with that direction at least because yeah, I mean, we're right. Like how do they not have any checks on Wanda? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. though, I mean, this was kind of our first glimpse outside of Spider-Man far from home of, you know, what the MCU looks like after Endgame. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're yeah. going to see that more with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but that, you know, sequence where she goes to sword is really, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, the closest glimpse yeah. we get of that. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think part of me too almost feels like we're going to see it the most with Falcon Winter Soldier, just because I feel like they're the most like ground level Avengers, you know, it's not like they have like superpowers or anything like that. They're just kind of these, these normal people almost. Right. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But and it was pretty cool at the very end. They they acknowledge her as the Scarlet Witch for the very first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she has um you see Agnes with their, you know, the kids, and it almost seems like the more Wanda tries to intervene, the more painful Agnes is making it for Tommy and Billy. Mm-hmm. Um in that situation. Yeah. So did we like Tommy and Billy? Did did they kind of take take you guys out of the show a little bit? Uh, not not for me. I was all right. With okay. No, nah, they're not like they're not a highlight. Like they didn't make okay. the show for me. Yeah. It's kind of exciting if they do Young Avengers. They're obviously going to be in it. So I mm-hmm. guess even acknowledging that they exist is kind of cool. That they're in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're probably going to be older. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, K- Haley Steinfeld's playing Kate Bishop. Um, Catherine Newton from Freaky is playing. You know, mm-hmm. Ant Man's daughter. Ant-Man. So I, they're definitely too young. So yeah, I think they'll probably find out what they're going to do in Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, no, that, that's how the episode ends. Yeah, Catherine, uh, Agnes acknowledge, or we can call her Agatha now. Agatha acknowledges um, Wanda as the Scarlet Witch, and uh, that's kind of how the episode ends, right? Mm-hmm. We have that post credit like we talked about with with Hayward and the White Vision, but um, you know, I, I was excited to see what the finale held. And so right, yeah, this brings us into the finale, and mm-hmm. you know, I was a little underwhelmed by this. I don't know what you guys think. I was a little disappointed with this uh, ending. Again, I, I think fans just had such high expectations. Again, I mean, I think the the biggest thing that I was expecting. Um, and, and we weren't promised these things. I, I think that's the big thing to say is like nobody came out and said, you know, you're going to get a Reed Richards cameo in WandaVision. Doctor Strange is going to show up in WandaVision. Um, I was really banking on Benedict Cumberbatch showing up, though, to be honest with you. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, I, I think this was just a big I felt like a lot of the action that maybe the previous episodes didn't have this did have. Um 
but it it almost felt like a watered down version of it, like a watered down version of something that we would see in like an Iron Man or a Thor movie. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think there was a lot of like, I, I think this had more of the story behind it than some of the movies do with like the action. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I was kind of left at the end of this episode or the end of this series, I guess we can say, um, with sort of just wondering like, where do we go from here, you know? Um, even with the two post credit scenes, obviously we, we get a sense of what direction they're going to take. But, you know, I, I think, uh, it, you know, obviously we, we got the, the fight with the white vision shows up like we talked about. He was in the post credit scene. Um, and obviously there's a big battle between him and vision. You have a big battle between Wanda and Agatha. But uh, what do you kind of think of this, John? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think this show poised, uh, excuse me, I definitely think this show posed a lot of questions mm. um, and they don't all get answered. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it's hard to, to criticize it for that because again, as you said, we were never promised these things. Um, mm-hmm. As you can see from my blog articles, I made a lot of predictions and I don't really think any of them really panned out. Mm-hmm. But again, like that was just, you know, my theories. Um, I think it was a solid finale. I mean, the action, the movie level action for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally agree with what you said. Um, and that wasn't, that's nothing I really thought of until this point, but yeah, that you're more, a little more invested in this action because there's a little more, um, mm-hmm. you know, behind it, which is impressive because, you know, you're very invested in the final battle, final battles of infinity war and Endgame, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. 17 to 20, 17 plus movies you know, or, movies that. right whereas this yeah. is you know you know six or you know no this is probably like only four or five hours of content mm-hmm. in total so that that's impressive mm-hmm. um and i just you know the, i mean the way you know the look of it and the story um you get the visions going at it and they are kind of you know possibly this white vision is a way to keep him around in the mcu mm-hmm. yeah um it, and, you know we see a lot of the magic at work between agatha agatha yeah. excuse me Agnes and Wanda. And, and that made me kind of question the, the vision and, and white vision sort of fight type thing where I, I guess, and I, I saw a lot of people relating it almost to like these philosophical discussions sort of like um, at the end of like Ultron where vision's talking to Ultron. Um, and, you know, he gives that good line where he's like, well, I was born yesterday, um, which I always liked, but I, I kind of like question. So at the end of this, I guess, does he put his own, memory into the white vision does he kind of like sort of enlighten vision like i, I was I kind of questioning so. what happened there because he just blocks kind off of, like right i guess i guess it's kind of everything that i think darcy in the seventh episode kind of opened up a lot of uh mm-hmm. you know their dynamic to vision so i think that's where he got a lot of his his information and that's maybe why he was a little more uh you know invested with wanda he didn't have as you know he kind of realized there was something here Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I saw. I mean, I imagine we are going to see Vision again, whether or not he's a a big presence or just kind of a cameo and something like a Doctor Strange too. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, like, if he does come back, like, what what that'll look like. Yeah, to sort of see how that plays out. But um, and then yeah, you have the fight between Agatha and and Wanda, um, which you know I, I thought was good. I, I I think definitely it was. You know, obviously, you can't imagine these people just fighting out in the open. So I felt like it was very, like, green screen heavy. Like, you could tell it was very sort of, like, visual effects heavy there. Right, right. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, both of them just kind of going toe to toe against each other. And, um, you know, I, I think at the end of it, I was trying to think like, what's the end game here? Like, what is Agatha hoping to get out of this? Does she want to try to harness like Wanda's powers or I don't know, maybe I was confused with that, but. Yeah, I think she's just kind of, I, I think she's kind of envious of what, you know, Wanda is doing, mm-hmm. um, especially because, you know, Wanda doesn't, you know, she's lacking some awareness of what she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's yeah. strong in her powers. Like, I, th- I think what she's done has impressed Agnes mm-hmm. or Agatha. But I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, but, um, same thing. <laughs> one of the cool moments in this that I do like is when Agatha was snapping out the residents. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of, you know, what are you yeah. doing to us? This and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's going to be a major thing yeah. moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not Wanda intends to be an antagonist mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange, I think she's going to be billed as that. Mm-hmm. Um, because these people, you know, as we'd said, Darcy finds out that the people in this hex are affected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably going to be, if, you know, physically and mentally. And I think we're probably going to mm-hmm. see that, that mental toll. Um, yeah, at the forefront in Doctor Strange too. I think these people are going to speak out about what Wanda did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely going to be. You, you're right. There's definitely going to be repercussions with um, what she did, and I mean, it goes even far to like the mom in that '70s show, like saying she wants to die. You know, like it gets like that extreme. Um, but I, I definitely think that's a good point that you bring up, where it's like, yeah, I think this this whole, you know, what Wanda did to them, there's going to be repercussions. Um, but I also feel like once we get the Doctor Strange 2, I feel like, and um, maybe I'm sort of jumping a little bit ahead, uh, but obviously one of the post credit scenes is Wanda hearing her children at the end, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a big theme where it's going to be like, I don't think Wanda's going to care whatever gets in her way, whatever she did in the past. Um, I think she's just going to want her kids back. And I think at whatever cost that is for her, you know? Um, so I think that's going to play out really big in Dr. Strange too. But um, yeah, I mean, we have that stuff going on. And then obviously, um, you know, Wanda wins the fight against Agnes. Wanda sort of traps Agnes in this, um, you know, just in this prison in Westview. Like she's just always going to be this nosy neighbor in Westview from what I got. Uh, And I did text this to you, to you, John, where I feel like I think moving forward, I think they're going to use Catherine Hahn as like a Loki type character. Um, I think she really played well with like people. And I think she's going to be that sort of new, like, I don't know if you want to call her like an anti-hero or something like that, but I don't think this is the last we've seen of, of Agatha. Yeah. I think, I think they're definitely bringing her back, whether that's in, in Dr. Strange too, or, or, or something else, whatever they do with Wanda moving forward, I feel like Agatha is going to play some type of role in that. And then, and then, yeah, ultimately we, we kind of get this, this sort of like sad and, and somber ending where, um, you know, it almost seems like Wanda knows inevitably that she has to sort of end whatever's going on here in Westview. I think she's sort of recognizing the impact that it's having on the people. And, you know, ultimately that means she has to say bye to her kids. She has to say bye to vision, which are just these things that she's kind of conjured up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was, it was sad. I guess from what you could say, I mean, I didn't cry over it, but it was, you know, it was a sad moment. You could feel the emotional toll it it had on her. And yeah. And she almost even admits like vision is like all of the parts of her. Like she admits that at some point where she says, um, you know, vision, like you are like my sadness, you are my um, like grief, all that stuff. Um, She doesn't say that verbatim, but she says something like that. 
Um, and she ultimately has to say goodbye to them and to this whole Westview imagination that she came up with. And then she has to go back to reality, which is just the, yeah, that plot of land that, that from what we said, like vision bought and she has to go back to, to the regular world. So, yeah, she is the Scarlet Witch at this point too. So that, that's a good point. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then we're kind of left with these two post-credit scenes. Um, so the one with um, Monica going into that theater, being told that she's, you know, someone turning into a scroll and then telling her that she's needed elsewhere, um, a, a friend of her mom's. So obviously, you, you know, that's Nick Fury kind of summoning her. Uh, we know somewhere down the pipeline, uh, Secret Wars is coming. Um, and I thought this was cool. I, I, I'm kind of excited to see her come back in both Captain Marvel 2 and from what it looks like they're setting up her coming back to Secret Wars. Um, yeah, I and, feel like it's probably Sam Jack. Yeah, it's probably Nick Fury or um, Talos, the scroll, but probably more likely Nick Fury. Right. Okay. Yeah. I always forget about him. I mean, he was a he he was one of the standouts in Captain Marvel. I always forget about Ben Mendelsohn. And they're they're both headlining Secret Wars, so mm-hmm. yeah, they'll be know. in it. Yeah. Okay. And then and then we have the other one too, where it's um, it's Wanda in, in this cabin, and she is, um, what is it again? The book? Does she have the dark hold in that? Yeah. So she has the dark hold, and she's in like her astral. They call it the astral form. Which is basically, you know, when, when in Infinity War, when Doctor Strange was looking at all the possible outcomes, mm-hmm. that was basically the form he was in. And you see Wanda in that form. She's in her, what seems like the new Scarlet Witch costume, which mm-hmm. I do like. I think it's a good adaptation from the comics, um, a little more grounded. Um, and she starts to hear her kids crying out. Um, mm-hmm. And she just gets this look in her eye. So again, it seems like that's going to inform a lot of her motivations in Doctor Strange too. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's going to be a big force moving forward for her. Um, again, I, I think, I think her motivation to want her kids back may turn her to to become like almost like a villain type character, which it seems like they're setting her up to be in um, in future movies. So, yeah, that's big basically it right that's that that was it with wandavision yeah yeah that was everything with wandavision i mean again we we kind of talked about our thoughts on the the show overall as a whole and uh yeah i mean kind of sort of our thoughts on where we see the character moving forward where we see sort of marvel projects moving forward obviously we got a ton of tv shows coming down the pipeline so um again i mean i think this was a good starting point for marvel tv um it's interesting though, because I look back and I, I think when COVID, we talked about this earlier, but like when COVID didn't hit, like we were supposed to get Falcon Winter Soldier last last August. I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I think WandaVision would have released the same time it did now. Um, I don't think anything really affected that because I don't think they would have wanted to coincide this show with Mandalorian. But yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think this was a great starting point for Marvel. I'm excited to see what they do with these characters moving forward. And yeah, I mean, I thought this was a good start to phase four. So, yeah. This is phase four. um, This is phase four, yeah. Okay. What what do you guys, uh, I guess just kind of, what was like the one biggest, um, I guess, missed opportunity? So like not having Doctor Strange pop up or Mm -hmm. I really thought Hayward was going to be a scroll. I thought Mm -hmm. his character was really one note. And I think that would have been a good way to kind of give a little bit more to him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing about Monica's contact, 
Yeah. Um, I think for me, that's maybe the biggest missed opportunity, not having um, mm-hmm. like any payoff at all to her contact. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think like no real payoff at all. Like it was, it was cool seeing like, it was cool seeing like Randall Park again. It was cool seeing Kat Dennings again. But I really think like, like this is Disney. Like I feel like they definitely could have afforded to to throw some other type of like side character. Like I said, like whether it was Rhodey or whether it was like Doctor Strange into it. But again, I mean, I think they really kind of built up our expectations. And then it was almost like they trolled us a little bit, you know? That's kind of yeah. how I felt. <laughs> like like your contact. Yeah, exactly. Like who's the contact? Who's the contact? And then it's it's just no one. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I don't know. But um, I, again, I mean, I think overall, like the, the pros of the show overall outweighed not really having too much payoff on those things. So I, I would agree. I think the themes of the show and the acting, the writing, um, probably the most impressive thing about it overall was just its way to balance, mm-hmm. um, you know, the sitcom tones with the actual story going on. Yeah, um, definitely. So. A very yeah. interesting and, and unique show. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see where they move forward with mm-hmm. these characters. And I really don't think we're going to see another Marvel show like this. Like, I, I really, and, and I mean, maybe a couple years from now, we'll, we'll see a show and we'll be like, wow, like they really pulled that off. But I don't really know how you would do this same type of format with any other characters. Yeah, I think this is um, a one and done kind of very unique style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it paid off. It, it was good. Yeah, for sure. Um, overall though yeah I mean we it looks like we all really kind of like the series whether or not we, we agreed it paid off well or not um, I think overall we're excited to see what Marvel has in store with their future TV shows and um, obviously we'll be here to review it so we're, we're excited yeah it, a lot of what we saw in this seems if it had a real impact on the whole universe is still to be seen and it's i think we should like it'd be nice to look back on it and reflect after like at least dr strange too and and see how much of an impact it really did have on it mm-hmm. how it has on us yeah this is a good episode though always fun doing the marvel ones i like doing them i was gonna say this is like very like natural flowing i felt i felt like mm-hmm. when when we have something like this where we can really kind of talk about it like the the conversation is really good mm-hmm. yeah it's nice getting back in studio again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I always say, just check out our social media. We're active on Twitter, Facebook, and mostly Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into the meme game, really. So check mm-hmm. out, yeah, a couple of fun things lined up with that. Yeah. Um, if you have any recommendations for beers, if you want us to re- review anything or a movie or a show or anything, or if you want to mm-hmm. come on and be a guest, just shoot us a DM on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's at, at post credit brews, I believe. All, all one word. We'll get back to you. Sure, check out John's blog postcreditbrews.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot more with that while we're still waiting for the movies and the coronavirus to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely going to be a definitely going to be the similar post for Falcon the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, keep those going for that. Um, cool, yeah. maybe get some movie reviews too. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. the thick and cherry review for that might be in line. Okay. Whether it's a good one or bad. Yeah, the suits told us gave us the gave us the X on a a, a cherry review. So it's <laughs> gotta go to the blog. 
it's, it's like forbidden like content yeah it yeah don't <laughs> coming from somebody who's watched cherry and read the book don't it we were planning on doing an episode and we just we can't it, it's just I, not good the suits approved tom and jerry though i know yeah well that, that was important that. <laughs> <laughs> i think they're 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 prepping i think tom and jerry was preparation for the upcoming space jam 2 review so we'll see yeah yeah Definitely wasn't like a prequel to Cherry or anything like that, right? Tom no. and Cherry. It's a post-credit scene that ties it in at the end of Cherry. <laughs> oh Christ, it's oh. getting late. All oh. right. This is fun. But this has been post-credit bruise. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And thanks for listening. Bye bye. See you later.